0: Can you believe it? It's the last Sunday of 2020. You might be relieved for that. <laughs> you might be shocked at how fast that year went by. We are finishing up, wrapping up a series, The Gospel of Jesus. And we're asking the question. Actually, not asking any questions anymore. We were giving answers today. And this is it. The gospel equips us to see life better. We've been asking, what is the gospel? And we've been giving all kinds of descriptions and definitions of the gospel, describing it and defining it as comprehensively as possible. And ultimately, as we finish this year and look ahead to the next, uh, we understand that the gospel equips us to see life better. So that's where we're going. I hope you're having a nice change of pace following Christmas. I find it uh, not a letdown after Christmas, but rather a time to reflect, to look back on the year. Uh, To think about all the events of the year. So much is packed into every year, isn't it? And then I like to think about what's coming up and what the next year will be like. The continuity between this year and next. What was the year like for you? What was your experience of 2020? Uh, Perhaps you're saying, don't get me started. Uh, I am so ready to move on. I can probably answer it this way. What was the year like for you? Probably like no other. Thankfully, like no other. In, in some ways, like every other, but in, in, a bi- in some big ways, like no other. Not to be repeated, hopefully. Uh, this time last year, we hadn't heard of COVID-19. Does it seem like there's ever been not a time you've had to deal with COVID-19? No. It's only in this year, uh, 2020. A year. Just to think, a year ago, we had no idea what COVID-19 was. And most people in January and February still didn't really have a clue that COVID-19 would be what it is. And then we've learned to cope in new ways this year. Uh, and, and the coping mechanisms, the coping skills that we've developed are going to allow us to transition into, into a new year. Uh, vaccines and other kinds of treatments becoming available. Uh, there's some things we're going to take with us to cope with life and to do life uh, based on what we've experienced this year. The new normal is going to include a lot of what we've experienced and internalized and tested out this year. Um, But that's always the case in life. Every age, every stage, every phase, not just allows us, but forces us to come to terms with, well, uh, I can repeat that, but why wouldn't I just build on that? Uh, Moving from first grade to second grade, or I should say from preschool to kindergarten, kindergarten to grade school. From grade school to junior high, junior high to uh, middle, high, uh, middle school to high school. Uh, high school to often, from, for many people, college or graduate school. These are the ages and stages and changes we constantly build on. A newlywed versus a couple celebrating 30 years of marriage or 50 years of marriage would say, we have learned so much that we've used to build on. Just when you think that child that you understand so well uh, is, you finally got it figured out, they have a birthday and they enter a new phase. And if somebody has said, it's just a phase, so don't waste it. Take everything you've learned previously and apply it to understanding this phase, this age, this stage. So reflection and analysis uh, require some tools, some techniques. Uh, In this case, I'm going to say a mirror, a microscope. Uh, perhaps a scan, (laughs) to scan me, see what's in me. But for sure a mirror and a microscope and and some other tools. Um, How did I handle the challenges of this year? That's looking in the mirror. I I find, as as you've probably read, uh, Good to Great uh, by Jim Collins, one of the wonderful organizational uh, books out there, Great leaders start by looking in the mirror. They don't look out the window to blame somebody. They look in the mirror and they say, okay, what did I do? What did I do well? What could I have done better? What am I learning? One of the great capacities God has given us is the capacity to learn, to grow. And So looking in the mirror isn't being infatuated with our own image. It's Not that experience of narcissists who fell in love with his own image. We talk about uh, narcissistic people. What we're saying is that they're not just selfish, but they're preoccupied with their own image, their own being. And, and when you say to a narcissist, you know, you should care about others. And they would say, you know, you're right. What others? But the mirror in this case is about saying, okay, let me look at me and see what I have learned, what I have done, what I could have done better, what I will do better. How, do I, how did I handle the challenges of this year? Well, personally, overall, pretty well, I think, thank God. I'm so grateful to be part of a strong family, a, of uh, my, my literal immediate family, an extended family, and then uh, a, a strong church family. The support and encouragement uh, from my family and this church family uh, helped me get through a very challenging, difficult year. I have a new appreciation for the blessings and burdens of technology. Who knew you could spend so much time on Zoom? You'd need to. I, I love all the, the technological innovations that have allowed us to navigate this year. They've been super helpful to me. I certainly miss gathering in person and traveling freely. That was a a grief and loss process this year. Wanting to be with people and yet, I can't. Or at least I can't be with them in the way that I'm accustomed to being with them. I don't like masks, neither do you. I don't like wearing a, a, a visor shield, neither do you. But I've relied on the shield of faith and a face shield this year. Very helpful. By God's grace, I have so far avoided being infected with COVID. That could change any time, right? It's so easy to get this uh, crazy, uh, horrible uh, disease, uh, illness. Perhaps you've had it and you've weathered that. Perhaps you've been grieving the loss of a, a loved one who died uh, from their experience of COVID. I think about it this way as they look in the mirror. How was I tempted to give up or give in to fear and frustration? Uh, fear and frustration can overwhelm us, Right? Uh, the fear of what's going to happen, or maybe something bad is happening, oh no. Or the frustration of, it looked so good, what are we going to do about the wedding? What, what are we going to do about the, whatever the issue was that disrupted was disrupted by this horrible year? Daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly, we were tempted to give in, give up to fear and frustration, and yet we didn't. And if we did, we immediately got up and kept going. That's by God's grace. You might think, well, no, it was my sheer dogged endurance. Right. Certainly included that. But it was God's grace that allowed you to prevail and to endure a very difficult year. And though I was tempted to find someone or something to blame, I didn't. Mostly. I found it helpful to name and express my feelings, my fears, and my frustrations. By naming them, they no longer control me in the same way. By naming them, I was was able to, to navigate through them or confront them and overcome them. By naming them, I was able to ask for help. Get help. God listens and understands and doesn't judge us in our weaknesses. And the people who love you most don't either. They understand and they don't judge you. Your weakness. They understand you in your weakness and they're patient with you. They only get frustrated when we don't understand and name our weakness, our fears, our frustrations. Why? Because they're usually experiencing the overflow of those with no relief in sight because we're not owning it. We're not naming it. I found First 1 Corinthians 10.13 to be a comforting promise for enduring and prevailing and persevering. Paul writes this to the Corinthians. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. You might think it's unendurable. Nothing is unendurable. Even death is not the final word for us. Death has lost its sting. Even lost its ability to us fear. Why? Because even if you feel some trepidation and anxiety about death itself, the Lord has given you His life now and forever. Nothing can separate you from the love of God and Jesus Christ. You are safe and secure in Him. I've also found it freeing to confess my lack of faith and my fallibility in life. I'm a confessing believer in Jesus Christ. I often uh, default to living like an atheist. So I find confession helpful. 1 John 1, 8-9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We're not owning the truth. If we say, I have no sin to confess, I have nothing to repent of. I'm perfect in every way. It's everybody else's problem, not mine. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He'll forgive us and cleanse us and then He'll even help us as we deal with the inevitable consequences of those sins. And we will, again, learn and grow through them. You can either go through something or you can grow through something. Well, so how did I pivot to embrace new realities and possibilities? Well, these are some things that helped me as I look in this mirror, as I do a scan on my inner world. They take that microscope and look closely at some of the things I, I, I went through. I found it required adjusting my expectations and assumptions. I had to change my expectations. It's going to be a different kind of day or week, month, quarter, year. I have to adjust. Uh, I can't go here and do that. I can't be with these people in the same way. So by adjusting expectations and adjusting assumptions, I took a lot of pressure off of me and other people from me. I adapted my routine and used technology to stay in touch. So did you. Very smart pivot. I found it essential and delightful to be part of a resilient and resourceful team. I hope you had a team or have a team like that. Working together, supporting one another, where where I'm weak, you're strong, Where, where you're undeveloped, I'm more developed. It's a beautiful thing when you see that you're part of a body, every part doing its work. the whole being greater than the sum of the parts. One of the things I found helpful was talking and praying and celebrating progress. Yeah, you, you can even make progress in the midst of a pandemic. I love the way Zechariah said it. It's recorded in Zechariah chapter 410. Do not despise these small beginnings, these small gains, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, the work in us and the work through us. The work we do in his name to his glory and to benefit and bless people those were some of the things that i w- i was able to do by way of pivoting and and uh changing up some things and embracing some things i'm sure you did too god met us all in 2020 and we're still standing celebrating his faithfulness now looking ahead requires a window as well i mean a window not a mirror a window glasses, perhaps binoculars, maybe even a telescope. What's out there as you're sitting here at the end of 2020 saying, okay uh, I'm going to celebrate New Year's. I'm going to go into the New Year. What is that about? More of the same? Possibly. But it will be different. Why? Because of what we've experienced and learned in the past year. As I look out my window I see more of the same for this year as in 2020 but I see some new and better possibilities. So do you. The needs and conditions are the same, but we have new insight and we even have momentum. As I look through my telescope, I see the Lord reigning on high over his creation. As far as I can possibly see, there's the Lord. It's his universe. It's his creation. I love the way uh, Jeremiah said it in 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, taken out of context, it sounds like God's job is just to make life easy and and, uh, uh, pain-free. The context here, its own unique context, was that the people had disobeyed God, disregarded God. They'd been carried off into captivity because of that. That's the consequence of their disobedience and disregard. And in the midst of captivity, false prophets are saying, oh, you know, you're not going to be here very long. Just don't unpack just We're going to get out of here right away and get back home. And the Lord sent Jeremiah to tell them, no, no. False prophets, you're going to be here a while. And while you're here, bless the city in which you live. Raise your family. Get ready for the long haul. Make a long-term commitment to live one day at a time. And I'll let you know when you're restored and when you can return. Wow, very different message. And it was out of that context, that hard message from Jeremiah, that the Lord gave him that other message. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future as you trust in me. As you obey me. As you walk with me. As you allow me to bless you and develop you. People I've created you to be. Wow, what a promising way to start a new year, don't you think? All the possibilities in that. Challenging, yeah, but wow. The gospel doesn't necessarily promise an easy life or even a better life. If you were born with big challenges physically, mentally, emotionally, you're probably going to have those challenges your whole life. So in that sense, life isn't better. I can walk again, or I can walk for the first time, I can see. It could be that life is going to always be very challenging for you. You might say this to somebody who lives in a very, very desperate situation somewhere in the world. Hey, life isn't going to be really radically better in the economic sense for you, perhaps. but You're going to see life better. Now, is that like a runner-up, kind of a second place, third place, fourth place trophy? No. It's saying, if you see life as God sees it, everything is better. Otherwise we'll say I want a better life materially. You might have a better life materially. You might have a miraculous turnaround in some aspect of your life. But most importantly is how you see your life. Because if you see the Lord in the midst of your life, that's better. I find Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 to 8 very helpful. He describes the majesty of God who fills the whole earth with His glory. He's He's in the temple worshiping God. And and he has this vision of God, and he's overwhelmed by the vision because he realizes God is so awesome and mighty, and I am not. And so he says this, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King. I'm undone. The Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand. One of these heavenly creatures waiting on attending to the Lord. With this live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Well, what changed? From woe is me to send me. Hineni, I love that. Here I am. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Everything changed. He saw everything differently because he saw the Lord. I see the Lord seated on the throne in glory. And what is the response to that, the refrain to that? Holy, holy, holy. Isaiah's book reveals that God would ultimately send a Savior. That's the good news. Jesus calls us to follow him and minister in his name in that good news through which we see everything differently. You might be lying in the gutter, but you're looking at the stars. Here I am, send me. Are you willing to say that as you enter into the new year? Because if you're saying, here I am, send me, you're going to see things very differently. For the better. So if you want to see life better and experience life better in 2021, do what Paul tells the Colossians to do. Colossians 3, 16 to 17, he says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Why? Because you're seeing the Lord as he is. You're seeing what the Lord can do. And whatever you do, Paul writes, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You will see life better as you commit your words and your deeds to the Lord. Perhaps you're already doing that. Keep doing that. Find fresh ways to express yourself. If you haven't been doing that, if you've been overwhelmed with fear and frustration, if you've been stuck in 2020, let it go. Let it go. And walk into 2021 with the Lord. And say, Lord, my words and my deeds, I want them to reflect you. And he will. And you'll go from woe is me to here I am, send me. I love that. I hope that's true for me and you. Why do I say hope? Because we get to make a choice. I hope you choose the Lord in 2021. If you choose the Lord in 2021... It'll be an awesome year. So, Lord Jesus, uh, we pray that through your Holy Spirit and us, the power you give us, the gift of, of a will to make a decision and a choice, that we will choose you in 2021. And so we commit ourselves to you as we finish one year and move into the next. And we pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. That's what he wants to do. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. He wants you to experience his glory and reflect it as well. May the Lord give you everything you need to let 2020 go and only bring forward what you've learned to allow you to move into 2021 with the confidence that God is at work in and through you, in your words and in your deeds, both now and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.